Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. We are in part five now of When Men Change Sabbath, Why the Church No Longer Honors the Biblical Holy Day. And uh, man, I'm enjoying this. I, I, and I, I'll just make it so since we're probably about half at the halfway mark here, I am not an expert on Sabbath. I'm no learned man towards this. A lot of people say once you start studying this stuff and kind of start on this part of your journey, um, you shouldn't even teach on any of it for three years. Now that humbles me and I want to be careful and cautious, but I, I know that I'm, because I'm just an ordinary guy, I'm not like schooled in Hebrew and I'm not deep and all these complicated things that kind of is hard to ingest for many people. I feel like maybe this is a little more attainable, a little more receivable for just kind of guys like me that have just been born Christian, but just want more and just want the truth and want to be proven wrong. You know, like I'm willing to be wrong if it'll, if it'll position me and posture me to know truth. And so that's what we're doing. Like this is the truth about seventh day Sabbath. This is the truth about how we've been lied to that Sunday is the Lord's day. It is not the Lord's day. And we're just getting started here on the historical timeline that I've been talking about. Um, All we've talked about so far is Tertullian, Constantine, and and just one little quote from Eusebius. Um, And so let's just get right into it. Ignatius, again, we're just jumping right in, so hopefully you're watching these in some sort of order. With something, but not a lot of time in between, so you're not like, oh man, where was he at the last time? We just don't have time. I've already, I've still got six pages left. Ignatius, he referenced the leaving of Yahweh's Sabbath via new religion Christianity. Of course, again, we have got the reins of the church now, and we have all these new ideas, and you're going to do what we're telling you. I mean, it's, that is the ugly heart of it. Um, And this is what he said, y'all. Now, some of these quotes hurt because, again, as I shared in the last episode, I used to really be a church father's guy in measure. Um, I was just, again, books and and online articles and things that they wrote about and things that they said. There's a lot of good, honorable things about what they said, but, but the undergirding issue that now where I am today I cannot shake and overlook is they they wanted to undo everything that had preceded them. And they wanted to, as I just said, take the reins and take hold of it and make it something new. And even if their hearts were right in trying to improve upon what was, they began in stating things that did not need improved upon. They did not need changed. They did not need altered. And to reflect back to part one or two, when I shared about the, the GMO example that just kind of landed out of space, came from outer space and landed in my head, was like, we've kind of done that with Sabbath. We have taken what God made pure and perfect and right and whole, able to reproduce in generations and generations and generations of people, and we injected it with this, and we we wrapped it and encoded it in this, and we packaged it like this, and we moved it to a whole nother store Sunday and rebranded the whole thing, and we're saying it's the same. But friend, it's a modified Sabbath. And, and in the modification, you lose all of the nutritional values within the original because all you've got now is a mere form of what used to be. And I'm telling you, man, that is such a, that is such a real 
example and metaphor to me about that. Now, maybe if you don't know what GMOs are, you're like, honey, what's he talking about in here? <laughs> what's a GMO? I, I don't know. Is that... Isn't that that little car Chevy made for a few years back in the 80s? <laughs> no, it, it, it's a genetically modified organism, friends, if you don't know. I'm assuming you do, or that, that metaphor means absolutely nothing. Moving on. Okay, so this is what Ignatius said, right? Quote now, quote, Jewish Christians have come to the possession of a new hope, no longer observing the Sabbath. But living in observance of the Lord's day on Sunday, on which also our life has sprung up again by Jesus. Now, now I'm not saying this wasn't true, but falsehood or fact, this is very painful to hear. Because it's either just like insinuated that's what's coming, or this is already fact, which is almost worse, because that means the Jews that had come into the church post-Acts post 2... Now, you know, we're around 300s. They, they now, they've abandoned what used to be. They've abandoned the ways of Yahweh Elohim and are now instead living in observance of the day we've given them, the Lord's Day on Sunday. In other words, we're winning them over. They're coming to our side, Jewish Christians. Some other things that, that these that came on the scene in the 300s established. They ordered the new church to work on Sabbath. Um, Saturday. Now, this is interesting because that stuff we talked about in the book of Jasher, an episode, uh, uh, um, a series or so ago, about the assimilation. I read that account in the book of Jasher about how it more clearly, with much more inf- information and details about how the children of Israel were enslaved, and how what they were assimilated. The, the Egyptians, if you didn't watch the series, the Egyptians worked right alongside them. They devised this whole plan to deceive the Israelites, and the Egyptians worked right alongside them, laboring day after day, and one by one, the Egyptians would peel off and leave the work site. So much so, so slowly, that the Egyptians didn't notice. The next thing you know, they're like, hey, where did all the Egyptian laborers go? And the Egyptians are now lording over them, cracking whips, saying, get back to work, buddy. And the the Israelites say, where's our pay? Why aren't we getting paid anymore? You don't get paid anymore. You do what you're told, and now you're our slave. And that assimilation process, I'm seeing permeate the church entirely, uh, you know, second, third, fourth centuries on. I'm seeing that happen now, again, in this, where we are today, towards Sabbath. There is a slow indoctrination that wins people over or just deceives them, one or the other, to assimilate into the one-world Luciferian religious system that was instated then in incremental measure that we, we, as Christians, have inherited and often don't even know. So they began to order people, okay, religious ones, the church, not just don't work not just not just don't work on sunday not not just don't work on the day of the sun now you have to work on seventh day sabbath you're ordered to work on seventh day sabbath and i'm sure there were those who came up and said wait a minute we were commanded by yahweh in exodus and back at creation when he told us he made it holy and consecrated we can't labor on seventh day hey if you're going to be in the church you're going to assimilate You're going to do what we say or you're out. You're persecuted. You're killed. 
You will do what you're told. And that's what happened. That's what began to happen over time. So as we mentioned, 321 AD, Constantine issued the edict which made Sunday an officially recognized day of rest for labor. He said this, quote, On the venerable day of the sun, again, go back and watch our series about sun worship and how that made its way into the church and she didn't even know it, doesn't know it now. He said, On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in the cities rest. Let all workshops be closed. Now, what's veneration? Some of you watching this program that I know personally, you know what veneration means more than I do. So again, I'm just studying these things somewhat recently in measure. Made sanctified, holy and distinct. Now, does that sound familiar to you? It sounds like what Yahweh Elohim already did with the seventh day Sabbath day. He already, to use this verbiage, he already venerated the day. There's no veneration of the day of the sun by Yahweh God. It's always by men. To be venerated is to be honored and revered. Now, wait a minute. I thought Yahweh already did that. I thought Yahweh already did that on a day that he called holy at creation. Again, there's no need for man to venerate a day. There's no need for man to make a day holy. There's no need for any man in Christianity or anywhere else in the world in any other religion with pagan origins and sources like Christianity, sadly enough, that says we're making this day holy now. It's not, it's not Yahweh approved, y'all. He's, that's opposing him. That's telling him all these other patterns we're talking about. We're replacing what he already put in place. Please note that this was not made um, holy at creation, the day of the sun. It was not. One day was. Shabbat, seventh day, Sabbath. This precedes written laws as we know them. and was actually a law of creation we've established, like man himself. Eternal. No need for someone to come in and say, we have made holy the day of the sun. No, it means nothing. It means nothing at all. It's empty and hollow. I don't care, although that's what almost the whole world says now. We talk about this all the time in our home, even to our nine-year-old. Look, just because the masses do it does not make it truth. We're in a society, we're in a culture, and sadly enough, we're in a New Testament church that believes whatever majority says goes. Whatever majority has put into place by traditions goes. We don't ask questions why unless we really want to, and that's only for things that we pick and choose because we don't want to do them anymore because we think we're not religious. We have to be very careful, the traditions we add to our life and why, because it's, it's all replacement theology. There's not just one replacement theology. There's hundreds, maybe more. We see in Isaiah 66, quote, For just as a new heaven and new earth, which I make, will endure before me, declares Yahweh, so will your descendants and your name endure. And it shall be from new moon and new moon, new moon to new moon. It's the Rosh Kodesh. We're supposed to mark those things too, but that's not this study. And from Sabbath to Sabbath. All mankind will come to bow down before me, says Yahweh Elohim. Okay, so just a little reminder of what we've been continually establishing running through this series. And let's be clear to remember, Yahweh already called his seventh-day Sabbath holy. There's no need for a new church because, again, we're talking about when the idea first came. we got much more history to read. There was no need to change a Sabbath. There was no need to make a day holy. I want to be absolutely clear. 
Like we read earlier in the scripture, it says, I'm going to reword the verbiage. We are not desisting from our own ways. We're not stopping from seeking our own pleasures and speaking our own word. Remember how we read that earlier? And I said we're going to read that several times. This scripture is is found, found culminating in the new church Christianity mindset where men appointed leaders, elders, apostles, and all these others to say councils as we're about to get to, we are making a new way. We're making a new church (laughs) on Jesus now, and this is the twist, right? On a false light, just like the Masonic idea, just like all this stuff we showed episodes ago, different parts, different studies, different teachings. It sounds like it's light, but it's evil light. It's the same thing. It's the same origin. Now, this set off a downward spiral of undoing everything Yahweh had set in place for his people. All this new religion Jesus mindset. All this new building upon a false foundation. A false foundation. Why? Because it undid Yahweh Elohim's eternal set ways from creation. So we know it's wrong at the beginning. Now, as the third century arrives, we see councils begin to appear in greater measure where religious men of power began to enact new rules, new laws, new edicts, new orders of functions for the new church. Several of these councils, we're pretty familiar with them. Laodicea, Gangra, Nicaea, Carthage, Orleans, Council of Macon. Many bishops came into the scene, began to make all these additions, amendments to all these things, even the councils started proposing, always adding new things you had to do. Um... Just a few of these things here to quote some of these councils. Christians must not act as Jews by refraining from work on the Sabbath. In other words, that's foolishness to act like a Jew. I thought Yeshua was a Jew. Stop asking questions, you defector. I mean, literally, right? We got to understand that. So, I mean, let's use it this way. Christians must not act as the Jewish Messiah who taught Sabbath. (laughs) Anyway but must rather work on that day. And if they can, as Christians, they must seek work on the Lord's, they must cease work on the Lord's day, so giving it the greater honor. They ordered ordered that you must, ordered now, that you must stand to pray. You don't sit and pray anymore. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to stand to pray. Please hear what I'm saying. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying, well, you should be able to do whatever you want while you're praying. I'm just saying like they put these new things in. in. This is so strange, right? This is basically like a complete redo of all the oral traditions and laws of the Jewish teachers of the time of Yeshua and what led up to him coming and coming against them, right? It's a complete remake. It's a complete remake version of the same issue that Yeshua came and said, I hate what you're doing, man. You're adding stuff to my father's perfect Torah. And guess what? He doesn't need you to do that. He needs no help. (laughs) And again, that's what Paul was coming against. And that is what we have an option now to come against as our eyes are open to these things and their origins. So new laws, new orders of function, um, all these councils, They ordered you to pray. They ordered fasting on the Lord's Day, Sunday, to be absolutely forbidden. You can't fast to God on the day of the sun. Now sign this, whoever you are. Anyone who left church services during the preaching was to be excommunicated. 
Anyone missing Sunday assemblies would be openly condemned and ridiculed in front of the congregation if necessary. Now, does that sound familiar? Have you ever got a phone call? Brother, where were you last Sunday? Is everything okay? Uh, You haven't been coming for the last two weeks. Is everything okay between uh, you and your wife? You mad at us? You're not... Oh. You're not going to another congregation, are you, brother? You know what I'm saying? Now, we can laugh at that, and we can make jokes about it all day, but do you hear what I'm saying, the spirit behind that? Hey, uh, are you going to another church service? Smack on the hand. Why? Religious order. Authority in places that's not in right functioning order of of the Father. Anyone who refused to travel or prepare meals on the newly designated Lord's Day, Sunday, was condemned as being Judaistic. Okay? So, like, stop doing all that Jewish stuff that the children of Israel did. We have a new way now. 730 AD, the term Christian Sabbath was officially recorded. Man, when I found that, I did not know that. That there was dubbed... In history, and officially recorded now, Christian Sabbath. Friends, this should concern us greatly. Because it's very likely that you who are watching this program, if you're not already aware of these things, you yourself are observing a Christian Sabbath. Now listen, I'm just here to tell you very clearly and lovingly because I've been called to say something hard to you. A Christian Sabbath is not a biblical Sabbath. A Christian Sabbath that was labeled here in 730 AD by these councils and leaders and bishops and elders is not a biblical Sabbath. There is nowhere in here ever that says there is to be now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, a Christian Sabbath. Nowhere, no how. This is not biblical. That's very easy to see. 749 AD, literal penalties were ascribed to people who worked on the new Lord's Day. Interestingly, in France, Charlemagne issued a decree in 789 AD prohibiting all ordinary labor on the Day of the Sun, Sunday, as a breach of the fourth commandment to keep Sabbath holy. Now, isn't this hilarious? This makes no sense. So we're <laughs> they're saying globally now, okay, He's hanging out in France. This is the same thing. America's no unique thing. This civilization, this nation, all kingdoms of men, all fallen depraved underneath the governmental order of the Luciferian agenda, religion and all. They're saying in France now, if you work on a Sunday, you are breaking the fourth commandment of you shall not work on the, on the Sabbath day. Do you understand the irony of that? Because that commandment says the seventh day. That commandment says the seventh day. I'm saying that with clear pronunciation on purpose. And they magically make Sabbath the day of the sun, Sunday, and say if you violate the order and law, (laughs) this is laughable, of the fourth commandment, You're breaking the Sabbath commandment. I mean, literally, like, I don't know if this word is too big or not, but what audacity these men had to take that kind of authority and redo these things. It it blows my mind as I've studied it. In the 14th century, Archbishop of Canterbury ordered, quote, 
abstinence from secular works on the sacred day of the Lord. Okay, the same thing. I'm setting up this pattern. This is how it started. Is is we're starting to to see the the marking of a new day by don't work, don't labor, don't do this, don't do that. Forget that you were already told to not do this the day before on the Sabbath, the seventh day Sabbath. That's gone now. Now don't do all the things you weren't supposed to do then today on Sunday. It's very it's very strange, man. This is such a mysterious thing to me. However, he warned the people not to meet on Saturdays in case they, quote, partook in the Jewish profession. Do you understand this? Don't meet on seventh day Shabbat. Don't meet on Sabbath. Don't meet on the biblical Sabbath. Why? Because people will think you're partaking in the Jewish profession. And friends, I'm just telling you, that verbiage is here today. That verbiage is here today. I've heard it in my own physical ears. You just think you're Jewish. You're just acting Jewish. Why are you holding to the Jewish professions? Oh my gosh, friends. This this evil doctrine has made it all the way. When was this? 14th century. Rings true right here, right now, right outside my door. What do you think? You're holding on to Jewish traditions by that? Are you still doing that Saturday worship stuff? The Saturday Sabbath stuff? That's strange, man. That's a huge stronghold that was deeply rooted into our understanding of what Christianity has become. Mm. This one starts to really sting. Early 1500s. Again, I tried to get these in a, in a chronological timeline. Early 1500s, to show the progression or digression, however you want to look at it. Luther, ever heard of him? Oh man, we're getting painful here. Oh man, he, he tore down the establishment. Ooh, careful. Luther said this, quote, When we read that Judas hanged himself, that his belly burst in pieces, and that his bowels fell out, we may take this as a sample how it will go with all Christ's enemies. Okay, don't oppose that. What's he saying? This is where the problem starts. The Jews ought to have made a mirror of Judas and have seen therein how they in like manner should be destroyed. An allegory or mystery herein lies hidden, for the belly signifies the whole kingdom of the Jews, which shall fall away and be destroyed so that nothing thereof remains. The quote continues, friend. When we read that the bowels fell out, this shows that the posterity of the Jews, their whole entire generation, shall be spoiled and go to the ground. When I read this, I I, I read it four times. And I asked the Father to allow that to sink deep in me. At the deception that has permeated even the Reformation-minded church, y'all. This stuff, should, this stuff should grieve us if we really know ancient way teachings, principles, commands at all. In the mid-1500s, we begin to see the arrival of what we have inherited in our version of Christianity. And that's why we're fast-forwarding to Reformation period history. 
Because you may think, well, that's good. That undid all this stuff that was instated with this new church. And they undid it all. And they said, now we're free in Jesus, man. Go on. Be free. We'll give you a big warning if that's your present understanding. In the mid-1500s, we see the arrival of what we've inherited in our version of Christianity today. It has remained very well. Void of Jewish Messiah who taught Torah. Void of feasts and void of the biblical holy day, seventh day Sabbath. There is no semblance of Sabbath whatsoever. So you see how we're moving along now? We're moving at a different version, if you will, of assimilation, of degradation. You have the Sabbath, the true seventh-day Sabbath Yahweh ordained for his people. You have the people embracing it, keeping the commands of Yahweh in measure. You have people come on the scene post-Acts 2 Pentecost. By the end of the first century, you see the decline coming in by don't work. Don't work on Sunday. We're instituting, we're slowly instituting a new holy day, a new Sabbath day. We're changing Sabbath. And that began to slowly infiltrate and it worked to the letter as we know or we wouldn't be where we are today. And then, I would say, then the enemy through the Luciferian agenda, which again is no big hoodoo thing, that's just a simple explanation of a one-world, natural kingdom, carnally-based mindset that fuels civilizations of mankind all the way back to the beginning and on to today. The rulers of the air, principalities and powers under the sway of the evil one. No big shocker. Then the, the evil one, my, my understanding and my proposal to you is then he moved upon a whole new group of men to start a reformation. We're going to eradicate these guys. We're going to eradicate these liars putting us under law. Just a different type of law. Just a different type of tradition. Just a different type of, of order and function. Religious. Wrong. Yes, absolutely. But these men were not just good Righteous men standing up for God? No. Why? That's where we're going now. They didn't want any Sabbath. Why? Sabbath rest. You know Hebrews, right? We don't understand Hebrews. We're ignorant. We don't understand Hebrews. I know very few men that do. I'm not one. I still struggle with many things. But these men... Reformation time, man. We're undoing all these laws and rules, and we're going to be free in Jesus. The early 1500s, this guy named Zwingli, he led the Reformation in Switzerland. Again, this is a global thing. This isn't, you know, get out of your American mindset, American church. (laughs) He taught that to worship God should not be tied down to any one day. For doing so, it would, quote, Zwingli said, it would impose on us a mere ceremony. Now that goes back to what I already presented, that we've been duped to believe that if we worship Father God, Yahweh Elohim, through any pattern and form, it's going to be formulaic. It's going to be empty. It's going to be hollow. going to be nothing but tradition. But ironically enough, we follow the traditions of men who say, don't do anything empty and we're shallow and we're hollow just the same 
Isn't that ironic? So he comes and says, It would impose on us a mere ceremony if we had any Sabbath day. Seventh day or day of the sun. You get what I'm saying and where this is going? In this same time period, John Calvin, he comes on the scene. He publicly agreed with Zwingli. A lot of his teachings, a lot of his statements, Calvin said, yep, ditto, he's speaking the truth. Now, Calvin was saying worship of God was a daily and lifelong activity. Now, that's not wrong. (laughs) That's not wrong now. And that's why you have got to understand that what I said at the very beginning and needs reminded again to you, we're not talking about what day we go to church. We're not talking about what day we listen to a sermon. We're not talking about what day we do this and don't do this by specifics. We're talking about something greater. We're talking about in our hearts honoring, reverencing, marking a consecrated high holy day by Yahweh Elohim in Genesis 2 and saying, if he said it's holy, I'm saying it's holy. I'm what? I'm not profaning it. I'm not pro. This is not about church attendance. This is not about church attendance, friend. This is about making holy and consecrated in here a day that Yahweh Elohim said is holy and consecrated. Okay? And so their attempt to make no day significant from another is just as wrong as making a day that was not the Father Yahweh's day the Lord's day. You get what I'm saying? Let me say this again to make it clear even to myself. By saying what what these men came in the Reformation as we're reading begin to institute by saying no day matters. Nothing matters. No calendar days are significant. We what? Again, to quote him. Worshiping God is a daily and lifelong activity. No order. No functions of Set boundaries, parameters. This is how you worship. And I tell you what, what comes to my mind right there sounds like a little instance between Cain and Abel to me. You had one perfect sacrifice and pleasing, acceptable, and you had one that was brought whenever he felt like it, and it was cast out, unreceived. These patterns are nothing new, man. These patterns are nothing new. It's all throughout our eternal word of God. So he said this, John Calvin, quote, Christians, therefore, should have nothing to do with a superstitious observance of days. John Calvin? Hey, didn't uh, didn't Pastor Jason quote John Calvin yesterday morning at the service, honey? Oh, yeah, he's such a brilliant, brilliant historian, our pastor. He was telling us, you, you get what I'm saying? Have you heard John Calvin painted in a bad light? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Christians should have nothing to do with a superstitious observance of days? And that's what Sabbath was? Because the see, the thing is, they weren't saying they weren't calling out the Christian Sabbath. They were calling out a certain marked Sabbath day period. They wanted to undo all of it. <laughs> this continues with something called the Augsburg Confession. Now, this was produced by Martin Luther and some other guy, Melanchthal. I don't know. Melan... Yeah. Mr. M. (laughs) Now, this is in 1530 AD. It states this. 
For they that think the observation of the Lord's day was appointed by the authority of the church instead of the Sabbath are greatly deceived. The scripture has abrogated the Sabbath. Now, I'm no real smart guy, but like I know what abrogated means. There isn't one anymore. They're saying, <laughs> they're saying that the scripture tells us there's no Sabbath anymore. Okay, so let's go back to that principle of mindset and thinking. I guess here I am and sitting here, I'm in my kitchen today, a simple dude living on a farm in the middle of nowhere. I guess I'm, I'm feeling strong enough today to uh, argue Martin Luther. Why? Because he doesn't agree with the words of my eternal father. We haven't given up the sun, moon, stars. We haven't given up that men exist. We haven't surrendered the, the existence of plants and animals. But the Sabbath now, in Genesis 2, abrogated foolishness, lies. The second Helvetic confession as we bring this part to a close. 1566, it says this, quote, Although religion be not tied unto any time, um, I'm sorry, although let religion be not tied unto any time. Now, <laughs> this goes on to say consecrate it, even though it can't be tied to any time, consecrate it to religious exercises and to holy rest on a Sunday. They, they added that. They're still, they're still proponents of the Sunday Sabbath. But religion doesn't matter according to any day Yahweh Elohim set apart appointed holy day, seventh day Sabbath. It doesn't matter. But if you're going to do a day, do the Lord's day. You understand this doctrine. And this is what we've been handed. Been handed. Now see, we're already up to 1643. Whoa, we're, whoa, oh boy, we're not long ago now, right? <laughs> the Westminster Confession. Quote, From the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week. And from the resurrection of Christ was changed into the first day of the week, which in Scripture is called the Lord's Day. When? when? I'm, I'm sorry, when? When is it called that? <laughs> Where? <laughs> this Lord's Day on Sunday is to be continued to the end of the world, remembered as the Christian Sabbath. I'm, oh my gosh. <laughs> How many times do we need to hear these things? There is no Christian Sabbath, friends. There is no Christian Sabbath. We are not told anywhere of a Christian Sabbath on Sunday, the day of the sun. It's nowhere. It does not exist. It was implemented by men. Put in position and powers and authority that they just kind of heaped all together into a formula that they said was right, and we know the way now. And then the reformers came along and said, we hate those dudes. Don't listen to what they're saying. Don't do anything, man. Be in what? And this is where we're going next. Sabbath rest. The misconstruing principles within the, within the book of Hebrews. Hey, no day matters. No day matters. Again, if, if that were true, then why does the Christian church love Easter and Christmas? That's all I'm saying. If no, and why has that remained? other than because they're pagan lies. Other than that, other than the Luciferian agenda within those, why are they still here then? I thought no day mattered. That's what these gentlemen are saying now in Reformation. 
There is no set holy day, man. Morning, noon, and night, communing with God, free in Jesus. Well, that's well and good until to do that, you say you have to undo Yahweh Elohim's seventh-day Sabbath. And so that's what we're going to tackle next is a little bit of Sabbath rest talk. And guess what? Then we're going to start the decline and get this wrapped up and put a big bow on it. But man, we've still got some stuff to go. We've got some more history coming too. I've got some more historical uh, content coming as far as what's been happening and when and why why we are the church we are today. So thank you for watching. This series is going to be ongoing. I don't even know. What are we going to hit next? Part six, I reckon. When men change Sabbath. Why the church no longer honors the biblical holy day. Friends, there's a reason. There's a reason that you may not have ever heard that Sunday was never the Lord's day to begin with and it was branded the Christian Sabbath because they replaced the Sabbath of Yahweh. It's fact. Historical fact. People won't argue this point who are knowledgeable in these things. We can learn. We can change if we're willing to, to surrender our traditions and find our identity entirely within this right here by being a royal priesthood set apart, consecrated, holy people now. Just like Sabbath, ironically enough. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Find us online 24-7, pathdesign.com. Thank you for watching. We will be right back with the next part right after this. <laughs>